Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and for the next 20 minutes or so alongside Jared Kimber looking back at England's second ODI win over Netherlands. They've beaten their hosts by six wickets to take the match and the series. We will be looking back at a game, well, which threatened not to even exist at one point, but in the end did. And it was a keenly fought contest uh, throughout as well. England in the end coming out comfortable winners, but they were given a scare or two along the way. Plenty to discuss here on the following on podcast from TalkSport with myself, John Norman and Jarrah Kimber. Okay, so if you listen to the show, you, uh, well, you might not know. But uh, if you do, bear with us. But essentially, England have won. They've beaten Netherlands by uh, six wickets uh, in Amstelveen, uh, comfortably overcoming the target of 236. Uh, it was a rain-affected game, 41 overs per side, and one that threatened not to even get started at one point. There was uh, concerns, mutterings, uh, and uh, problems with the water on the outfield. Essentially, there was a feeling that uh, it may cause injury. But in the end, despite the fact that there was no sun to dry it out, the wind did the trick and we got a game three hours uh, after we should have done. Uh, Netherlands won the toss for the second time in a match or rather in the uh, series and this time decided to bat under cloudy skies and were soon in trouble. 36 for three when Cooper was dismissed. Uh, but there was uh, decent partnerships from that point onwards. Uh, uh, Peter Saylor, who sadly announced his international retirement uh, during the game, the captain for the first match, well, his uh, captaincy position was taken by the wicketkeeper, Scott Edwards. And in partnerships with uh, first up Baz Delida, which saw uh, Netherlands get to 97 before Delida departed for 34, trying to smash Liam Livingston out the ground. And then Teju Nidamanaru, who put on uh, another 73 for the fifth wicket before he too 
uh, departed game for a big shot. Really saw uh, Netherlands through to a position um, of respectability. Uh, Tim Pringle was out uh, on debut, second ball. Uh, and Edwards himself was run out for 78. Uh, direct throw from the deep by David Willey. But Logan Van Beek and Shane Snater uh, took Netherlands to a decent first inning score. 2-3-5 for seven from their 41. It was over to the bowlers. And if they were to cause any problems, uh, they were going to need to take early wickets. They didn't. In fact, it was a, a handsome first wicket partnership which took the game uh, irrefutably away from Netherlands. Jason Roy on his 100th cap hit 73. Phil Salt 77. Owen Morgan for the second match in a row was uh, out for a duck. Seven ball duck and, a, and an ugly shot as well. Liam Livingston was deceived by Butte. And then it was over to Milan and Moen Ali to see England home. Winning the game and taking the series. So, I'm alongside Jared Kimber. And uh, first things up, Jared, I suppose credit to Netherlands. They they have actually made a game of things and showed that they can compete after they were walloped on match day one. If they'd made 30 or 40 more runs, uh, this would have been a really interesting game because that pitch did start to spin. They got the toss right. The problem was that they lost early wickets and that Max O'Dowd and Vikram Jeet and Tom Cooper were the three because they're the three guys who could score at a decent rate and put on a good good total. Scott Edwards pulled them back though and then he ran himself out so again the tail had to get, get them to the score so they probably left about 30 or 40 runs out in the middle and I think if they'd done that maybe there was enough in this wicket to, to get them home so it's a real shame for them um, but the fact that at one stage it looked like England, I, I mean Duck was, what was he, 41 runs after four overs and it looked like England were getting completely run over them and then Duck became unplayable after that. To have a young player who'd been hit out of the attack in the previous game uh, bowl like that, nothing but respect. You know, even uh, Tim Pringle as well in his first game, I thought they learnt some lessons from the last game. So when people say things like, oh, you know, what, are, what do the Dutch learn? Well, have a look at this game. They bowled better. They literally, the way that Dutch bowled to Jason Roy shows you he's been thinking about how to bowl to right-handers who smash him because the other night he bowled to right-handers who smashed him. These things matter. Absolutely. Uh, let's actually hear from uh, the England captain, Owen Morgan, who's been speaking with Niall O'Brien. I've got a very happy captain, Owen Morgan. Big smile, two up in the series, happy camp. Yeah, delighted. Um, I think the guys have played really well again today. Uh, impressed with the ball. It's great to see Brian Cars come in and, and hit the series with plenty of energy, plenty of pace and offer something different um, than we've seen so far in the series. And with the bat uh, up top, the guys, oh, Phil Salt again, um, showing what he does at the top of the order and contributing in the fashion that he likes doing alongside Jason Roy in his 100th game. And also, it was a pretty amazing start. Uh, we stuttered for a bit, but managed to uh, recalibrate a partnership and, and get something to get us over the line. Yeah, that stutter you mentioned, if you were chasing another 20 or 30, might have been a little bit difficult. Your bowlers did a good job, I thought. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Um, obviously, home advantage here. The Netherlands um, batted first for a, a good reason. It did slow up a little bit, offered a little bit of turn, similar to the back end of their innings. Um, but we bat so deep nowadays that I think it would probably be another 40 that might have troubled us. You talk about batting deep. What about the strength in the squad? I'm not just talking about the 15 or 16 here. There's probably another 15 at home you can call upon. I asked Jason Roy the same question. Is English cricket in a stronger position now than you were when you le leading into the 2019 World Cup and you won that tournament? Yeah, I, th I think the strength and depth grows deeper and deeper. Uh, we seem to 
keep producing a lot of batsmen that are very aggressive, very talented and willing to take the world on. And that's a huge compliment, complimentary to the artillery that we already have. You know, it's, you know in, a, in a similar instance, India have a lot of batsmen that they could turn to and call upon at any time. But obviously the skill within that is picking the right side that complements a winning team. Just before I let you go, you know how difficult it can be to be an international captain. Peter Saylor has announced his retirement. You've known Peter a long time. Uh, just a message and a word on Peter's career. Yeah, it's been amazing. His contribution to Dutch cricket has been um, outstanding. Um, on behalf of the England cricket team, we'd like to congratulate him on his retirement and wish him well on his next journey. Fantastic. Oh, well, two up the series. Good luck Wednesday. Thank you. I'm in Morgan, who scored a second successive duck, uh, you know, looking on impassionately. Impassively, passively. Looking at it. Looking at it, Jared. How do you view Owen Morgan's position within this side? It's interesting because England have sort of created this own monster. And, 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 and Brendan McCullum gets this as well, where I don't know what it is about English cricket. You sort of invest too much into these people, into the, the power of the identity. Realistically, he's either good enough to play in the side or he's not. And at the moment, he doesn't look like he's good enough to play in the side. And if that's the case, there's plenty of uh, white ball batters out there who can do his job. Would they be as good as, as captaining as him? Probably not, let's be honest. But realistically, if he, if he can't... Part of the reason they were so good, especially at one-day cricket, is because Root and Morgan were unassailable in the middle, which meant that the top three could go really, really hard and they would save them. At the moment, that's just not the case. Right, so you know he's won a World Cup for you. Doesn't mean he gets to play for the. Otherwise, Arjuna Ranatunga would still be playing for Sri Lanka. Right, there is a certain point where you have to make that decision. The only thing I would say based on that is we do see Owen Morgan go through incredible high highs and incredible low lows. This is not the first time I've seen him look like he cannot hit the ball off the square, only to then him make eighty or forty in the next game, and you're like, oh, okay, it's still Owen Morgan. Uh, Jason Roy. He missed out uh, like Owen Morgan did in the first match, but he wasn't going to make that mistake again. Um, didn't top score. That was uh, Phil Sort with 77, but he hit 73. And um, the uh, Surrey and England man um, was also caught up with Niall O'Brien. Jay Roy, well played, brilliant innings, but which did you enjoy? Your innings or the moment with your family out there to receive your 100th cap? Mate, to receive my 100th cap is um, a huge honour, uh, especially in this side. Um, to be playing with this team for, for 100 games is absolutely incredible. So um, extremely grateful for that. And yeah, nice to get a few runs, obviously. A, a nice win for England. A couple of bit of stutter at the back end, but uh, job done in the end. Yeah, I mean, a, a slight stutter, maybe. Um, they bowled well there. They fielded well in the end there and, and put some pressure on us. Um, and yeah, we, we managed to get over the line. So um, yeah, happy. A new partnership up front with yourself and Phil Salt. Uh, the, the energy and the batting that you have together as a partnership, yeah. uh, enjoying that? Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's, um, he's a lovely fella, uh, great to bat with and, and wax it extremely hard. So always fun to play with people like that. Um, and he keeps it very simple. So um, it worked out today. Tell us a little bit about this English lineup. Uh, unbelievable side, playing with confidence right through from 1 to 11. Guys waiting on the sideline, hungry. Is this a, a stronger side, stronger squad? then leading into 2019, obviously World Cup champions. Is it English cricket in a healthy state? Uh, yeah, English cricket is in a very healthy state. We've got some great players that are willing to, to do anything. Um, they're training extremely hard and, and putting the work in, and that's exciting to see. So they're all getting their opportunity um, along the way. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to be back out here at the Badger. Good man. Father's Day, you did yourself and your family prayer. Well played, Jason. Father's Day, yeah, nice one. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Well done. Cheers. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. And that partnership was was key well it was important wasn't it because you know if Netherlands had taken a couple of wickets early and then you've got Morgan coming in and he's under a little bit of pressure and he's scratching around a little bit and then of course we did see some spin the pitch did become much more friendly to the bowlers you know Netherlands have beaten England before they've done it twice and uh, you know we've talked about it a lot the fact that Jason Roy and Phil Salt came out played the manner that they did we've seen Jason do that many many times it's um, it just put England into a position where they basically couldn't lose. Yeah, I think we know that, that was, and and this is why Netherlands decided to bat first. We knew that it was going to be some degradation of the pitch, and it was going to help spinners a little bit more. Probably did more than anyone expected um, by the end of that game, but it meant that England were there from a position of strength. If they'd batted, like there are other teams in the world that wouldn't have gone as hard early on in this sort of a game. And they might have got themselves into a tricky position in this chase. But England, were, even when they lost wickets, were ahead of the rate just because they had scored so much quicker. And that's what they do. They, they put pressure on you in that way so that if they do lose wickets, um, all they have to do is start knocking the ball around safely. And that's essentially what they did to win the game. From a bowling perspective, how did you rate England's attack? Yeah, I thought the spinners got worked over by Scott Edwards a little bit, who, you know, I don't it's only really in associate cricket that you come across someone who'll play a sweep every ball no matter where you pitch it and how you pitch it. And he's that means he's very tough to, to bowl against. The quicks, I thought Reese Topley bowled really well early on. I thought David Willey got some late swing 
Um, and uh, whether that was a reverse, probably was reverse. He actually moved the ball both ways with the reverse, which I thought was quite interesting. Didn't get any early screen, a swing. And Brighton Castle is probably just a little bit too quick for the Dutch players. Um, it, it, it's, we're not in those situation that we used to be where you say things like, oh, um, uh, they're not used to quick bowling. They, they're used to quick bowling. They've got some quick bowlers themselves and Dirk Nannis bowled for them back in the day. But to be able to score consistently off someone bowling at 90 miles an hour is a, an extra pressure on someone like Bastelita, who's a young player who hasn't played much cricket, and, and some of the other players like Nidamanuru, who Nidamanuru, I think, is quite a good player of spin, and he's quite an organized player. We know he's played a lot in English cricket, but he's going to be used to guys bowling 75 to 85 miles an hour, and that extra five miles an hour, I thought, bothered them. So I thought Cast was good uh, there as well. Yeah, there was a period where Cass was bowling eighty late eighties at one end, and Adil Rashid was bowling um, his full range of legs, leg breaks and googlies at the other, and it really looked like Netherlands were about to implode. Uh, mm. There was a, a couple of chances, which I mean, Scott Edwards should have been run out. I mean, oh, they. I mean, look, we haven't talked much about that. I reckon England missed five runouts. Well, I mean, Butler could have run Edwards out twice in one ball and <laughs> hit the stumps twice. But just it didn't dislodge the bail, um, so that was, it was an incredible period. And Netherlands were three down with not many on the board. They just about got through that six-over spell, and as soon as Ali came on, the pressure was released. They found him a lot easier to to combat than uh, than Rashid and Carson bowled his spell again. The pace was really uh, putting pressure on Netherlands. So you know, credit to them; they got through it. But you mentioned Scott Edwards, um, the captain. And he's also been speaking with Niall O'Brien. Scott Edwards alongside me. Scott, a difficult afternoon, but probably a more competitive performance than Friday. Yeah, there were plenty of positives for us today. Um, obviously put up a better performance. Um, the bowling was a lot better. But, you know, England's a, they're a class outfit and, you know, that opening partnership probably um, cost us a bit and maybe 30 runs short. Your own form, you're playing beautifully with the batch. Happy at your own form? Yeah, yeah, feel, feeling good out there. Um, you know, today was probably a little bit of a missed opportunity um, to really get that score up to 260, but no, feeling good. Boys with the ball, I thought some of the youngsters did well. Pringle on debut looked good. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good head on his shoulders um, and, you know, he was he was brave with how he bowled, which is what we asked from him, so it was awesome. Could you have been braver with bat in hand? Yeah, potentially. Um, although I don't think we were far off the mark there. I think it was, you know, a couple of wickets, you know, in that 30 fifth over or so that probably cost us that 30 runs a couple of days off between game two and three what are you going to focus on oh, again i think it's that power play um that's where they've got a hold of us so we've just got to figure out uh, a few better plans to that um yeah and looking forward to the next game wonderful bad luck all the best for wednesday cool cheers mate scott edwards speaking with niall o'brien okay so joe we still got one match to come it's going to be on Talksport two on wednesday we spoke a lot after that first match about what Netherlands could do to come back from that uh, whooping. Um, we also spoke a lot about England breaking the 500 barrier. They've only got one more chance to do it in this series. The conditions hopefully will be a little bit more batter friendly. Uh, you imagine the team that wins the toss will bat first, but we shall see. But essentially from a Netherlands perspective, you know, I suppose what they would like to see is yet more improvement from their bowlers. They may bring in one or two changes again just to give everybody a tryout. England, I imagine, will try the two players that haven't yet had a game. Um, but essentially, it, if they do get to bat first, it will be about 
trying to get more runs on the board before you lose a f your first three wickets and then over to England. Yeah, I mean, they're batting Bazdalidi at four and Scott Edwards at five. I think in a perfect situation, Edwards probably bats at six and Bazdalidi bats at seven. It's not a deep batting lineup. They're, they're having to, you know, the Netherlands are having to mix things up a little bit. And they're going to go into the next game knowing they don't have Peter Saylor again. You know, uh, sadly, he's, he's retired because of his back injury midway through the series. An incredibly important player in the history of Dutch cricket, really. Um, which means their bowling's weaker. But I just think their bowling picked up so much between the two games that unless they get a Joss Butler and Liam Livingston special, um, they shouldn't be trapped again in that. I really do think they've improved so much in this series already. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, Jared will be back. I'll be back. Um, as will Neil Manthorpe, Andrew McKenna. Uh, Gareth Batty is going to be with us, as well as Mark Nicholas and Steve Harmison for that third ODI, which takes place on Wednesday. It gets underway on TalkSport 2 at half past nine. I hope you can join us. If you can't, the following on podcast will be released shortly after the conclusion of the match. But for now, thanks for listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.